What's going on? I am your host, Sean Kantrowitz, and you are listening to another episode of the Questions Hip Hop Trivia Podcast on the Stony Island Audio Network. I want to give a big shout out to all the fellow Stony Island Audio Podcasts. Have you guys been listening to those? Some great stuff. Dad Bod Rap Pod has been killing it. Secret Skin, Open Mike Eagle's latest podcasting project, Back from It's Slumber. He's been getting some really great guests. Super Duty Tough Work back in the building. Dice Raw, you know, the, the Raw Report. Some just calamity in podcast form there. You got fatherhoods. I'm not a father myself, but sometimes I like to tune in to hear what's going on with the fathers in, in the world of hip hop. And uh, Creativity in Captivity, another great show that kind of doesn't exist purely in the hip hop space, but for people who are interested in learning and hearing about how people create across all different types of mediums, it's a really interesting show. So yeah, just wanted to give a big shout out to everybody on the network. Also want to say what's up to everybody who's been engaging with the questions recently. The last few episodes have definitely been getting some reactions from people. Went to the Blue and Exile show a couple weeks ago uh, in Highland Park, and that was really fun to be out at a show again. I've been to a few um, in, in the last you know year, I would say, but it's good to be back. That was fun. Saw a few friends of the show former guests of the show as well there. Didn't get to say what's up to Blue in Exile, but they put on a really great show. We've had a lot of people hitting us up about our most recent Making Elmatic episode with Wrecking Crew about LP's Fantastic Damage. A lot of people talking and have a lot to say because we had a lot to say on that episode. We've got a lot going on on the Patreon, even more about that. Some bonus clips are on there that weren't included in the broadcast of the podcast. The playlist, we're talking, you know, side tangents, such as how to get people into Aesop Rock. That's sort of been my life's struggle slash mission. So if you're not on the Patreon and you enjoy the show and you want to be part of sort of this inner circle community of hip-hop nerd talk and discussions and exclusive content, click the link in the show notes here to join the Patreon, or you can go to patreon.com slash thequestionshiphop. $5 a month, support the show, join a like-minded community, get other cool shit. It's kind of a no-brainer. So we were talking about Fantastic Damage last week, and so to keep that very specific New York underground hip-hop energy going, this week is a classic episode of The Questions, and it is with Mr. Len, DJ, producer, one-third of the iconic underground group Company Flow, which of course was how LP burst onto the scene, him and Big Just and Mr. Len. Since Company Flow disbanded, uh, Mr. Len has worked with a lot of different artists. Some of the former guests of this show and people whose work I love and I'm a huge fan of, he was uh, in a group with Prince Paul called The Dicks. He's worked with Gene Gray, MC Paul Barman, Merce, Jedi Mind Tricks. We talk about a lot of these collaborations and a lot of his story in this episode. It's a really fun one. This was recorded on August 31st, 2020. It was episode number 64. 
the night that we actually recorded this, we make reference to this in the beginning, was the night of the Brandy versus Monica versus. You guys remember versus? You remember what that felt like in the thick of the quarantine where our world, specifically this sort of like hip hop centric world, stopped and froze and we all watched these things on Instagram. It was such, I'm telling you, going back to these classic episodes is such a trip. It's it's really crazy to be transported back to this time. And I, I just also really like revisiting the conversations that I've had with some of these people. Len was great. Uh, if you are a fan back then of the show and you remember this episode, I'm not going to spoil it, but this was a very significant episode. I'm not going to put any spoilers here, but something happens in this episode that is pretty, uh, pretty much a big deal in the circle and world of the questions. And I think that that's a great little cliffhanger to lead us into it. We're going to hop right into this episode. It's the questions hip hop trivia classic episode with Mr. Len. Here we go. Who did it first? Who did it best? Who did it worst? That's the question. Who rapping there? That remix and what happened when? That's the question. And if you ain't know what needs, then my guys know what you need. Some answers to the questions. I've been doing a lot of like house stuff, so you know I'm, I'm in the crib. Um, so I'm building hammocks and barbecuing every other day. It's not raining, you know. Uh, that sounds amazing. I, w- I will say this: I don't miss the feeling of having the shit while I'm in the club. <laughs> <laughs> so this this whole being at home, like while you're playing music and like you high and shit, this shit is pretty cool. I'm not mad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, we've had a couple of DJs on the show recently, and one thing that you know, a lot, I see a lot of DJs talking about is like, you kind of like the whole idea of DJs having to play music that the club wants. That's kind of like yeah. gone now, right? Like that's not, oh, yeah. that's not really that's not a thing. Yeah, that and like everyone found out that nineteen-year-olds all of a sudden like old-school hip hop because <laughs> every, every, everybody loved DJ Nice. Right. <laughs> no, nobody called him D nice, but they loved every every old record he played. Yeah, what do you what do you think that was? Like, why? Obviously, D nice is, is super dope. Like, nobody has ever contested yeah. that if they knew about him. But why do you think he had that moment? Like that that was that was so crazy and so cool to see that happen. But I've been trying to think about it, and I was like, I don't, re- I can't really put in my head like how this happened. But I'm glad it did. You know, like, what do you think? Because the radios were off. Because the what? The radios were off. Mm. When, you, when you're in your house, you're not listening to the radio. You know what I'm saying? It's the same reason why, like, Spotify numbers have probably dipped a lot because nobody's at work. Well, you know, the, the majority of people aren't at work. Right. So, like, you're, you're not being beaten ahead with, like, someone's agenda or, like, you know, Pepsi isn't trying to push a Pepsi Clear again, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. No matter how hard they try, I don't think Pepsi Clear is going to – I don't think it's going to happen. Pepsi Clear is a wrap. Yeah, Look, you can't be the Zima of, of soda. That's that's just not a it's not a good thing. <laughs> it's it's the it's the mini disc of soda, you know? Like it had so much promise, but it just it didn't connect in that way, you know. Right. 
Uh, well, we're really pleased to have you here. Uh, you know, uh, you've been involved in so many cool collaborations, projects of your own, uh, producer, DJ, just a figurehead in, in so much music. So, you know, you're the type of person that we do this show for. Uh, and, you know, we've had a lot of people uh, on the show who I know you've, you've worked with in the past, and we'll sort of get into that as well. But uh, if you guys have questions for Mr. Len, you know, drop them in that little questions box. If we have time at the end, we'll get into it. So, uh, Len, are you ready to get into this and do some hip-hop trivia? Yeah, well, wait, I have to ask, has, has anyone ever tanked this whole thing? Listen, I would never air anybody out and say that they tanked it, but some people do better than others. Some people do better than others. We just, we just <laughs> on Wednesday, we had our first perfect score. You are episode, this is episode 64. And episode mm -hmm. 63, we just got somebody who actually got a perfect score. It was a uh, head crack, who's a DJ. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shout out to Questlove in the chat. Questlove is also a former guest of our, our show, and uh, he did very well. So, listen, there's a lot of people who you're going to do better than, and there might be some people that you don't do as good tonight, but you might get that perfect score. Because I didn't know that head crack was going to do that either. Yeah, you know what? Like, I, 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 I wouldn't doubt it from Haycrack. Yeah. From what I know of him, I wouldn't doubt it of him. Yeah. I think my the thing with me was that I didn't know a lot about him, and and then I kind of realized <laughs> as this was going on, I, I knew a little bit about him, but like he he is a student. He knows his shit. Um, yeah. 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 So, but you know, we'll see. And listen, I'll tell you this, Len. Uh, you can use the chat. Some people are very staunch about not using the chat. They want to do it on their own. Other people, they'll look in the chat, and our chat will chime in. So if there's a question you feel unsure about, just know it's an option. It's a lifeline, if you will. Oh, he, oh trust. I'm, I'm definitely going to... Uh... <laughs> if you when, when you start seeing this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are they saying? It's not that you're just uh, entranced by my voice. You're, uh, you're leaving for the other stuff. Shout out to everybody who's watching now. I know that, you know, it's a toss up. We got a lot of really big Mr. Len fans who are also huge Brandy and Monica fans. So, you know, it's, uh, you, you have to make yeah. a hard choice tonight. Look, I, I, I feel good that y'all came here to watch me answer some questions instead of, uh, looking at Monica. Not that Brandy don't look good, but I, like my favorite is Monica. So sure, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that some more. Maybe by the time the, we'll uh, that person is going to go. It's like a million people over there, but fuck it. We don't need them. This is the fucking questions. We got Mr. Len, you know. We're going to keep it real and represent Casper. We're representing. That's all we do. Shout out to DJ Casper. All right, we're going to get into our first round. First round is called The Choice is Yours. This is general multiple choice. And okay. here we go. The first question of the night. How many albums did Prince Ball produce with De La Soul? Is it one, two, three, or four? Uh, three. He says three. Three. And three is correct. Uh, obviously, he did the first three. He did Three Feet High Rising, De La Soul is Dead, and uh, Balloon Mindset. Balloon Mindset. Um, you know, we've gotten, like I said, you've done a lot of projects and been involved with a lot of collaborations in your career. Mm -hmm. The streets have been going crazy with this dicks talk since we announced that you were uh, you're going to be on the show. Uh, I didn't know that the dicks was such a fan favorite. Like, yeah. Uh, and yeah. if you don't know, the dicks is uh, is like sort of a, a satirical duop group that you were in, a project that you did with Prince Paul. Yeah, it was my label. This, yeah. <laughs> I started this label called Smacks Records. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you're friends with Paul, like, you know, 
you're gonna be like, yo, bro, send me a record. Like, you know, let's do something. Yeah. So Paul had this idea, and he was like, yo, you know, this is real, you know, real kind of iffy, man. But you know, it's it's called the Dicks. I was like, I don't care, let's do it. So, uh, and it's funny because like, he he only had like two songs done, and uh, he had this idea for for me and him to rhyme on one, and then like it just kept snowballing to like this double the triple entendre fucking <laughs> sex music <laughs> and uh and then we came up with the idea to do a mockumentary for it so when when i pressed up the uh the cds for it it came with a a bonus dvd that that had uh this this mockumentary uh you can find the mockumentary on vimeo okay. i don't know why it's not on youtube but it, it might have been a, a thing because like when when we first did it uh, YouTube wouldn't let you do anything longer than ten minutes. That's how. Wow. That's how old it. You know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So like we, we had it up on on Vimeo. Uh, funny thing. So right right when I put out the uh, forty five for the dicks, uh, I did this this uh, winter music conference in Miami. Yeah. And uh, I was w- standing outside waiting for uh, for the ride, and it never came. Uh, Grand Wizard Theodore came out. And uh, was like, yo, Len, like I had met him a couple months ago, a month, you know, months prior. And he was like, yeah. yo, Len, what's up? So I told him, like, yeah, I'm waiting for this ride. And uh, he was like, yo, come come with me. So I was like, cool. So then I had this this yeah. bag of records, these 45s. And I'm like, of course, I'm going to give it to the guy that invented scratching. You know what I'm saying? So I hand him these two 45s. And uh, he's like, what's this? He, he read it. He goes, the dicks? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, what are you, what are you, what are you giving me? You know? So I, it's funny because as soon as I said, uh, yeah, it's this thing I did with Prince Paul. Oh, okay, cool. Right. Yeah. Like, For like Prince that. Paul that explains it all. A lot of weird. Like, there's a lot of titles that we let slide with Prince Paul that we wouldn't. Like, you know, Doo Doo Man Records. It's like, you know, yeah. he, he gets a pass. He, he can say whatever he wants. You know. Because it, it, there's something deeper or better behind it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like right. he he really is. Don't judge a book by its cover. Right. You know. Absolutely. All right, we're going to get into our next question. Enough dicks talk around here, but check out Vimeo for if you guys want that exclusive dicks. You got to go to uh, Vimeo. You, you heard it here first. Yeah, right. You know, I still got white labels of that 45. Wow. All right. That's yeah. some white label shit. All right. Uh, all right. Arsonist's debut album, As the World Burns, is notable for what? Is it completely sample free beats? Is, does it have an early appearance by MF Doom? No outside guests or features, or did it never see an official release? What is notable about this Arsonist debut album? Uh, no guess. He's saying guess, and guess what, guys? He is correct. No outside guests. That's that's something that's interesting about you know that era because like there were so many collaborations. You know, you had a lot of like cross pollination, but the Arsonists on their their first album, they really kept it like self contained. And you worked so well, there's, there's thirty. There's thirty people in the group. Right, exactly. It's like, it's like <laughs> what if we take the Wu Tang concept and we really blow it up? Like, you know, let's just. <laughs> and, and it's funny because, like, I, and this is just me personally. I always wanted a battle between Jurassic Five and the Arsonists. Ooh. They were they were very uh, like true true to hip hop groups, you know. Yeah. Uh, and like they they used all the elements like you can you can hear the spray cans like when they're rhyming you know what I'm saying so it's like <laughs> right. I always thought that that would be like 
an interest in like sound clash yeah. that that would be a good basis yeah exactly uh um and so you uh i know that you had obviously like the arsonists i would say were like peers of you guys like you know company flow and, and arsonists were sort of bubbling at the same time yeah. and you you had uh that album i'm uh, we're on the same label that album came out on matador that's how i knew there was an official release date. Uh, ah, me, me and the arsonists were, were on the same label, yeah. And yeah, and then you had a bunch of the arsonists on your on your uh, the Pity the Fool record as well, right? I had yep, Q Unique and Destroy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, I mean, what was you know? I guess I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but like, what was it? I imagine it must have just been a crazy time being in New York in the mid '90s, and it just did it feel like shit was really like percolating at the time, like. Did, did you feel like you were uh, amongst something that was special? Or is that just something that, like, from the outside, people would say? Well, you, you guys aren't even aware of that as you're, as you're doing it, you know? I, I didn't think about it. Because, like, you're, you're young and you're, you're like, a, you're a B-boy. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it was like, I, 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 at least me, I was more concerned about being the shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like don't, don't get up on stage and flub the dunk, bro. Like, that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was, that was your job. Like... Right. Don't don't go up and embarrass yourself and like don't just don't be whack, you know? Um I think that we we felt like we were advancing the culture in that like we we were like being true true to the uh the, the original idea and, and, and essence of, of, of what hip hop was supposed to be. Um and you know, it's it's we also like didn't feel a need to to make commercial records. Like right. If you got if you got thirty of those right, and then you got th like three hundred other people trying to make records that sound like those because they think it's going to get them on the air, right. then like why why would I be a part of that? You know, when you guys when when Company Flow was really like you know sort of developing the sound and and and, and the stage show and everything, who were what group or what artists kind of like put you on notice like oh shit like we gotta we gotta step it up to that level like who was impressing you amongst your peers at the time? If you can remember back to that, it, you know it was more contemporaries. You know what I'm saying, and, and a lot of people that we ended up still being cool with. So like, remember, Indelibles doesn't start with, you know, like doesn't start in the beginning. Like we right. had to meet the Juggernauts, and you know, uh, L had known J Treads, but like, I remember hearing uh, Clear Blue Skies, and I was like, this record's phenomenal. You know. And like, there's yeah. not a person around that 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 knows hip hop that could be like, oh, that song is eh. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then you know, there's people like nonfiction, uh, natural resource, natural elements. Uh, they're they're all around, and like you, it, it's coming off the heels of everyone still wants to be original. Right. You know, so it was like. I I love Dela, but I don't want to sound like Dela. I want to be right. on the same stage as Dela. You know what I'm saying? But like, I I don't want them to feel like these guys bit us. You know? Right, right. You're inspired by their originality to be right. original, not to bite them. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, shout out to Mighty Mai and Master Ace, both former guests who are in the chat. So you you got some you got some uh, cool people in the chat watching you here. No pressure, Mister Len. No pressure here. Don't um, blow it, Len. Your, your career's on the line. Two for two. Here we go. Uh, number three, A-Track, Qbert, and Mixmaster Mike were all members of this turntablist group. Was it X-Men, Invisible Scratch Pickles, The Allies, or Beat Junkies? 
Uh, I don't remember A Track joining the the Pickles. I'll say the Allies, but the other two guys are Pickles, so you know. But I'm gonna say the Allies. No, say no, 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 no. Allies are from Florida. From Florida. Pet Pickles. Okay, cool. That was a close one, uh, and you are correct. Yeah. He was made like an honorary member of the Pickles. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I know he's from uh, Canada. Yeah, he's from Canada. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know. Did you ever, because you, you kind of like, you you are definitely like a, a DJ producer. Like, did you ever want to lean more into like the turntablism world? Or was that something that like, you know, you sort of, what made you sort of decide to, to carve out your path that you wound up going when it comes to your style as a DJ and your style as like a producer, music maker, whatever you want to call it, artist? Uh, so when, when the record dropped, you know, I'm, I'm still into like, the DMC battles and all those things. But the, the problem is you become a target. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, if I, if I jump into a battle as that's the guy from company flow, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's this ammo on me already. So like someone can pull apart company flow records. And like, now I got like, if, if there's like seven people in that battle, I got to battle seven people. You know right. what I'm saying? Because it's like, even if you don't win the DMC, you could be like, I beat him. Right. So like, it became more of a thing for me where it's like, all right, let me be more creative. So if you notice, like a, a lot of what I do is a uh, production scratches where it, like, you can't tell sometimes where, when the beat ends and the scratches start, you know, because it, it'll be a part of it. Uh, doing hook scratches, like that's something that, that most DJs do in bands or in groups. Right. Uh, but the, the crazy thing was, and, you know, when people go back and look at it now, you'll find that Cold Flow is one of the last groups where the DJ is in the group. Right. You know like what I'm saying? Actual member. Yeah. Right. So, and, and, and the second Cold Flow record is like an instrumental record. So that's even more focused yeah. on the beats and right. the DJing. That, like, I don't think you really ever see that. Like, we, I don't think we've really seen yeah. it since that a hip-hop group that isn't known as an instrumental group puts out an instrumental record. Like, that's, yeah. that's sort of unprecedented. It was, it was a chance. <laughs> we, we took we took a chance. It worked, you know. Uh, the funny thing is, like, I, I after that, like, a couple of years later, I, I did this uh, instrumental record called "The Marvels of Yes Tomorrow." Yeah. And uh, I told like, one of the purple one of the people I was going to work with said, um, "Oh, you mean like an instrumental record like Donuts?" I said, "No, an instrumental record like Little Johnny from the Hospital." Like. <laughs> So, respect you know, the architect come on now, come on now. you know i'm not gonna be one of these people out here like i did it first but like you know like if, if i'm gonna yeah sometimes I'm like, i'll be self-referential like i'm not gonna <laughs> like if somebody did something after me i'm not gonna be like yeah like that guy like no like me like the one i did before um what what made you guys decide to do an instrumental record at that point was it was it really a creative decision or was it like were there other factors that sort of led to little johnny from the hospital when you, when you guys made that? The the true story is uh, <laughs> I had just bought an MPC. And I just at the tail end of making Fun Crusher. Yeah. So I bought this MP and I was like, yo, I'm making beats every day. And I was like, yo, I'm going to make a, a record of just beats. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I, uh, I remember calling L up and was like, yo, we should do this. And he was like, okay, bet. Because, you know, we, we hang out and just make music. Right. So I was like, let's start the raucous raucous was like 
you guys are hot right now. Like, you know, we, we could have farted in the bag. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they, they gave us some money and like we, we did it. Um, towards the, I guess the middle or towards the end of making it, uh, just kind of drops out the group. Right. So we we started touring Little Giant from the hospital. And like, you know, if you were in Europe around that time, not that I don't know how many people were here the, on the, in the chat were in Europe, but like, you never know. that's where a lot of people first saw Mr. Lift, uh, Vast Air, BMS, you know what I'm saying? Because like we, we were touring, I remember Breeze Bruin came out uh, a couple of gigs and, you know, but that was, that was all like Little Giant from the hospital time. Yeah, that's crazy. Shout out to Vicky, Sneak Shot Photography, what up? Um, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. So, uh, you know, I don't really know, like, I, and I don't know if this is, like, if, it, if it's a weird question, but, like, do you guys all still talk? Like, like, what is the relationship now with the CoFlow guys? Like, or when was the last time that you guys all sort of connected? Uh, let's see. Me and, me and, I, was about to, I almost called him by his government name. Me and LP uh, yeah. text, like, sporadically, like. Yeah. He's like a cousin. You know what I'm saying? It's sure. just like, yeah. hey, what up, man? You know? Uh, I haven't talked to Justin in a minute. The last, I think the last time I talked to Justin might have been like two years ago. Yeah. Well, because you guys did do a reunion tour at some point, right? Like, I, I, like a few years ago, yeah. right? Or, or probably like we did. Uh, we did Coachella. We did uh, two shows with Portishead. Uh, one was Portishead and MF Doom. The other one was Portishead and Public Enemy. <laughs> oh. Wow. In fact, the one the one with Doom was in London. We did that show the day Amy Winehouse died. Damn. It was crazy. We pulled in to the uh, to the venue, and it just hit the radio. Wow. And then it started, like, like it was crazy to watch the news spread through the people in the venue. Oh, because you were, like, seeing their reactions. Like, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. That's super crazy. When you did the show with Doom, are you sure it was Doom, or was it was it a? It was definitely Doom. It was definitely right. Doom. Yeah. Doom. Me and Doom part of the same crew, so like you know, I knew. Yeah, you were able to like do, do the secret handshake if you're really Doom, and he did. You're like, all right. Like, literally, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> right, we're gonna move on to the final question in this round. You're doing great so far, Mr. Len. This rapper ghost wrote two songs on Diddy's 2006 album Press Play. Was it Mace, Styles P, Pharaoh Monch, or Most Deaf? Pharaoh. He says Pharaoh. Not only is it Pharaoh, but I'm going to play for you guys. Maybe you guys have heard this. This is such an example of he's like, he's not even trying to hide the fact who wrote it. Listen to this, and, and you're, you're going to hear all the Pharaoh. You're going to hear Pharaoh. Here, here we go. Feeling it's about to get ugly. Inject this dose of the future. Top conveyance rap hole, let me shoot ya. Mainline this new did it heroin. Blatantly pheromon. He, he might as well have been doing this when he was rhyming. <laughs> hands. He might have taken a hit off an of asthma inhaler just for authenticity. <laughs> for authenticity. For authenticity, exactly. Um, Pharaoh's another guy that you've done a lot of work with. Uh, did War yeah. Media put out uh, an album of yours, I want to say? Uh, no, what I did for Pharaoh, um, We Are Renegades, I engineered two songs on that record. He came here and, and uh, the 
the intro with Idris Elba. Yeah. I I, I did that and um Oh man. Amalgamated something, I think. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I, 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 it, 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 was, it was an intro to the Muslim. And then the next record, the cover with the guy holding the that weird looking gun to his head. Yeah. <laughs> that was my uh <laughs> that was my computer wallpaper. Like before and, uh, it became the album cover? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh Farrell was here. He was like, yo, what's that? I was like, oh, because like I was I was going through this uh steam steampunk phase. As we all do. And, uh, yeah, because like you know, that's what that's what hip hop's about. So, uh, so you know, I found that picture. And, like obviously, like the picture looks ill, and uh, you know, it, it kind of fit his motif. So he he found the dude, <laughs> and was like, "Yo, I want to use this this photo." Wow. So like, do you get like art direction credit on that or something like the creative direction on the album artwork? Like I don't know. Nah, I just. Nah, bro, just don't make me pay for the record. <laughs> That's a fair I'm a trade DJ, off. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair trade off. Just give the DJ a free record. You'll make him happy. Uh, pre preferably one with the cover. Don't don't give me the <laughs> don't give me the That's promo with the it. test pressing promo shit. No, right. None of that. Um, all right. So far, so good. You have gotten all the questions right in our first round. We're moving on to our second round, Mr. Len, called Picasso, baby. So in this round, I'm going to show you a piece of an album cover. You have to identify what it is by the small crop of the album that you see. So here is the first question. It's a really tight shot of what appears to be arms on a black or denim jacket. And there's two hands coming out. The arms are kind of folded. So it's a close-up of arms, basically. What album is this? Is it Onyx? Shut them down. DMX, it's dark and hell is hot. Busta Rhymes, when disaster strikes, or Death Squad, El Nino. I'm gonna say Busta Rhymes. He says Busta Rhymes. You know, he just expressed how important it is that he gets the album artwork, and it's a good, it's a good thing for a round like this. This is why you never want to get the the promo copies. Busta Rhymes is correct. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. When disaster strikes. What's your favorite Busta Rhymes album? Uh, you know, oddly enough, the one that I like, I don't think I have a cover for it. The album with uh, Everybody Rise on, I think it's this one. No, it's is not this one. No, no, Everybody Rise is... No, it's, it's, it's after this one. Oh, uh, ELE? Yeah, uh, yeah. Think, 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 uh, Extinction Level of it, yeah. 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 The first, the first... Like, that that, that might be my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, we've been talking about busting a lot on the show recently. All right, we're going to move on to the second question in our round. Here we go. It's a drawing. It's bright red background, and there is a light blue, maybe teal arm in the center holding a knife. What album is this? Is it 3-6 Mafia, Smoked Out, Loked Out, Gene Gray, Attack of the Attacking Things, Das Racist, Relax, or Esham, Dead Flowers? <laughs> I, I definitely know this one. Sir, it is A. No, I'm joking. It's uh it's B. I feel like uh at least to my knowledge, like the Gene Gray stuff was some of the first like production stuff that I had noticed uh after Cold Flow that, that you were doing. Or, or at least like some of the so, some like somewhat on the heels of that. 
like you, you were working with her. Um, what was what are your memories of, of this era and working with her kind of er, early in her career? Oh man, um, so this is this is a weird time. Like Jean was making her name as Jean. You know, she had for years she had been known as what what from right. uh, Natural Resources. Yeah. So uh, when when we did uh, on my album, we did like Taco Day and Love Venom. You know, it was people were starting to know her as Jean Grey. Uh, yeah. I was trying to Matador. I didn't start the label yet, so obviously, like she's got some buzz. So you know, she needs to put out a record. You know, and you know, take advantage of of, of uh, you know, while while the uh, what's that? Strike while the iron's hot. You know. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And then Kamani from, from from the Mastermind started this label called Third Earth. So we did the Roosevelt Franklin record, and he put out Attack of the Attacking Things. Ah, right. That's and, exactly. you know, it, was, it was all, uh, she never, I don't think she ever really got the songs mixed. Like, the songs that I did for her, it's funny, you, you brought up mini discs earlier. Those beats were on a mini disc. And she she had my mini disc and like she was like I like these beats and she she, she took two and just lined to them. What what a time the the I mean I guess it still happens too but you know the old just like yeah I'll take it how it is like that that's fine <laughs> that's the, no need to mix it or whatever sometimes people don't even yeah. have those sessions you know there's not time to like get into the sessions and, and stem them out. Yeah, and all I, stuff. I had them <laughs> like it was. <laughs> Discussion. It was like it was literally on my MPC. Like I, I had it. I had it all. Well, listen, she had to attack things. She was, she was driven. Yeah. She, there was no time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're gonna move on to the final question in this round. This one's a little abstract. It's sort of a bluish, blackish background, a giant void, and there appears to be part of a black sphere on the side. What album cover is this? Is it Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet? Deltron 3030, Deltron 3030, Jizza, Pro Tools, or Beastie Boys, Hello Nasty. Well, that's a difficult one. Public Enemy. He says Public Enemy. <laughs> public Enemy is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Kill what what gave it away was the little uh, little piece of the Black Planet. Right. We had to, we, we, we threw you a bone there. Yeah. We, we knew what we were doing. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. We don't like otherwise, I'd have been like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been like, e. <laughs> I, I think when we first started doing this show, we hadn't, you know, this was before we, before COVID, that when this was a live event that we were doing, and we hadn't really mm -hmm. perfected yet the art of being challenging without being impossible. So I think if, if anybody right. came to our like early games, our early shows, we apologize. Like we were, we, we, we might have had the Jan Sports strapped a little too tight to our, uh, to our, to our. I think like, what is this album cover? <laughs> <laughs> no, it would just be, it would just be, what album am I thinking of right now? <laughs> just tell me. All right, we're going to move on to the final round before our, before our final round. Our third round is called Digging in the Crates. So in this round, it's all about the sample. I'm going to ask you a question, play you a sample, and you have to answer a question about it. So here we go. No questions wrong so far, Len. You've been doing great. Herbie Man Sudan was sampled by this group for their 2000 single. I will play you the sample in question now. Mm -hmm. 
Is it reflection eternal? Get on my tricks. Massive moves are Zion I. That is definitely mass influence. He says mass influence. And that is correct. That's a, uh, this is, so that's that uh that song. We did that in Atlanta in their, their studio. And I was getting ready to leave. I was recording um Pay the Fool. So I remember I had just recorded uh the song with them and they had this uh this 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 beat. So they had this like we're gonna call the song Analyze. Cognito worked at Fat Beats up the street from from the studio. So yep. he went, he grabbed the grabbed the single. But the single was in the window in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So you're talking about heat. So right. yeah. we get the record to the uh <laughs> get the record to the studio. We put this thing on the turntable and it's shaped like that. <laughs> so they're like, damn. So, you know, like they, they're thinking, like, yo, we're not going to get the cuts done. And I was like, yo, yeah. I'm in Atlanta now. <laughs> like, like, watch me. And and I, I did I did the You know, I did them very carefully. On, on a record so even, like, shape like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you even do that? I mean, carefully, I guess. <laughs> <You're> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, mo most of the, the early stuff, anything before i'm gonna say like 2004 was like was janky like all all the the cold flow stuff is done on a guitar case on top of a folding chair like it, and, and on on like a gemini trick master or a gemini scratch master wow yeah. the only time i changed mixers was for uh end to end burners and I went to a Gemini 626 that I just gave to my homeboy. And uh, oh, wow. for that one, you were, you were able to to cut all the bass. So that's why the, the scratches sound so so loud and clear. But dance yeah, to the yeah. rhythm of because there's no bass in, in it. Oh, man, that's dope. Crazy. All right, we're going to move on to the second question in our round. Ronnie Law's 1977 song, Friends and Strangers, was sampled on this MF Doom album. The, the villain rears his head again in this game. So here's the Ronnie Laws uh, song. What MF Doom album is it on? Is it Mad Villainy, Operation Doomsday, or Vaudeville Villain? Uh, food. That is correct. I, I'm, I just want to let it play, but I, I can't. Like, yeah. Doom, that's my man. Shout out, Doom. Yeah. He's, you know, he's in the End and Burner video. Yeah. Wait, is he? Yeah. Yeah. You can't, it's, he, he's doing his Doom shit. So there's a, there's a part where you can see Vast, right? Like where the... You see shadows. We're on the train, right? You see, just Vass, and I think L's in 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 the far right. But right behind Vass, in the corner, some, and I think sometimes like the light might catch him. Is Doom? 
I'm gonna have to check that out. We're gonna yeah. we, we we might get into this on Twitch or something. We we like to play music videos on Twitch. Um, we'll have to do that. What what do you think is Doom's best record in your opinion? What, what's your favorite of his album or song? Album, I would say. Uh. See, I, see, I would say Doomsday, but like, I, I don't. I didn't like that he redid some of the songs. Yeah, yeah. So, right, mm food. Yeah, mm food is is probably. I don't know if it. Sometimes I think it's my favorite album. Sometimes I don't, but it definitely has some of my favorite songs. Like just yeah. like conceptually, um, and obviously Mad Villain, I, I really love too. It's there, there's no wrong answers to, to the right. question. Yeah. Oh, somebody, uh, yo, Doom, Doom doesn't have the mask on. In, oh, in the, the video. video. Okay. Right. But yeah. obviously, if you were up on KMD, like, you, you know what he right. looks like, obviously. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, doing that, that's, that's my CM fam. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, I remember he came to the, the video shoot, right? And, you know, they had craft services and, uh, you know, they had beer or whatever. So, like, you know, all his beers out on the table. And I'm looking around for a lighter or, like, a bottle opener. He's like, don't worry. <laughs> I had never, <laughs> I was like, dude. Are you okay? Like I'm just all I, all I could think was like, is his teeth gonna fall out? But it was just a, normal for me. The secret is metal teeth. That's how he does it. Metal teeth. Um, and he said, "There's only one beer left." Okay, here we go. Final question <laughs> in the uh, round. Rocking it by the Fearless Four was sampled by all of the following artists except for one of them. You guys know that this show was originally presented in a visual format, and sometimes I didn't read the options because the guests could see them right there. But you are listening to this in the form of a podcast, so I'm going to read you the options because you can't see what Mr. Len is seeing right now. Anyway, the choices are A, MC Light, B, Artifacts, C, Camp Low, or D, Jay-Z. I'm gonna play you Fearless Four, rocking it. So who did not sample this? Uh, I'm going to say Artifacts. I don't remember them doing that. All right, he says Artifacts. We're going to do a little walkthrough here. Uh, probably the most commercial use of the sample was done first by, or not first, but... So you are correct. Artifacts yeah. did not simple. Len, man, your perfect score so far. I think you you might have been understood. I'm not gonna lie. That that one was easy. That one because like Tame L, those, you know, those are my people's rest in peace, chaos. Me and Chaos high school together. You know, mm -hmm. like I used to I used to go to his house and practice. Wow. Uh, his mom used to turn all the electricity off in the house to make me leave. <laughs> it's a good tactic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we have reached our final round, and the final round is called Time's Up. So what happens in this round, you are going to have 90 seconds to answer five 
non-multiple choice questions in 90 okay. seconds. You get to choose the category. Here are your categories for the night. The first is, let's talk about 1998. The second is, the Wayans clan ain't nothing to fuck with. This is all about the Wayans family and their connection to hip-hop. And the third okay. is Beat Junkies history. So you get to pick the category, Len. Uh, I'm going to go with the Wayans clan ain't nothing to fuck with. He's going Wayans. It made him laugh. That's always a good sign. You know, even if it, you're going to have a good time with it, no matter what. Um, so I'm going to go over the rules for you real quick. You'll have 90 seconds. If you don't know the answer, you can say pass, and we'll come back to it. If you answer the All question right. wrong, the question's done. It's burnt. So make sure you answer carefully. You can rely on the chat. There is a little bit of a delay. They sometimes are right. Sometimes they're wrong. But just know that they're, they're in there. Um, I have OC's time's up here, and it's time to 90 seconds. So when we stop okay. hearing OC, your time is up. So are you ready to do this, Mr. Lett? Let's go. Let's fucking do it. All right, here we go. Wayans in hip-hop. Wayans clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Here we go. Question number one. What DJ name did Sean Wayans use when DJing on In Living Color? Uh, SW1. That is correct. This A Tribe Called Quest instrumental was used as the theme song for the first season of Sean and Marlon's sitcom, The Wayans Brothers. Uh, electric Relaxation. That is correct. This group appeared in the final scene of I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker, and performed the film's closing song. What was the group? Uh, Boogie Down Productions. Boogie Down Productions is correct. All right. Notorious B.I.G. references two Wayans films in the second verse of the One More Chance remix. What are the films? Uh, Low Down, Dirty Shame, Major Pain. That is correct. And this gangster rapper joined this gangster rapper joined Public Enemy for their performance when they appeared as the musical guests on the second season of In Living Color in 1991. Gangster rapper who performed with Public Enemy on In Living Ice Color. Ice Cube. Ice Cube is correct, ladies and gentlemen. I this is two in a row. I don't know if we're getting soft or you're just great. Perfect score, Mr. Land. Perfect score. Yeah, it is. I, I thought I was going to take them all, but I'm... It, quite the so how, how much money did I win now? How much what? How much money did I win? Sorry, like, oh, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you don't earn any real money in a physical sense, but you join a very elite... I mean, right now you're in a group with just one other guy, and it's head crack. You guys are in the 15 club, 15 out of 15. 60-something episodes, wow. two of you have done that. So, amazing. That's right. You know, I, I watched the Just Blaze episode and just, just killed it, but, like... But you killed it more tonight. We'll start. I'm saying. I mean... There's know, nothing left. There's nothing left. We can't, can't do anything <laughs> with this anymore. We might have to retire the game at this point. Um, I have a question <laughs> for you. Uh, we always yeah. like to ask. And, guys, if you have questions for Mr. Len, drop them in the question box. We'll get into it uh, with the remaining time we have. But my question for you is... Who would you um, challenge to come on the show next? We always like to have our guests challenge somebody else to come on, and we'll reach out to them. So who do you think should come on the show? Oh, wow. Who would be a good one? Oh, um, <laughs> Breakbeat Lou. Okay. Everybody keeps saying Breakbeat Lou. Breakbeat Lou is a regular on our Twitch channel on here. I think we got to make it happen. I think we have to make it yeah. happen. 
Okay. Because Lou knows a lot. And the thing is, like, I think what, what would be scary with Lou is that you might find out something that you thought was true. You know what I'm saying? That that wasn't. That's my biggest fear in doing this. <laughs> I, I never want to look unstudied to the people who are like, actually, I was in that session, and, that, and that's wrong. You know, I was like, ooh. Right. Like, it's, it's always like a crapshoot when you meet an OG, because you're like, man, this, he going to say something that's going to fuck everything up. You're like, uh, you know. <laughs> like, they they didn't do that. that. I, I feel that way about Dart Adams every time I post something on our Instagram, because Dart Adams will come in there and be like, actually, Dart Adams corrected DJ Premier about a Gangstar release date. DJ Premier posted it was an anniversary of a Gangstar album when it wasn't, and Dart was like, actually, Primo, it didn't come out on this day. It's like, damn, he's... he's but you, you know what? On to, to, to kind of defend Primo there, uh, say like with, with Fun Crusher. Yeah. I remember a, a different date than everybody else. So like, I remember July 15th. Everybody else remembers something else. Hmm. But it also could be that that's when the initial uh, order got got shipped to the the office, and that's when he picked it up. So that's his release date. Like I got I got the record. You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know when y'all got it, but you know it. To be fair, you know what I'm saying? Like that 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 could be it. This I'm just I'm just I'm just thinking. This is the segment of the show we called In Defense of DJ Premier. <laughs> this, is, this is what we do. We just defend the man. Uh, little known producer DJ uh, from, uh, from, from Houston. No, Dallas. Dallas. No, Houston. Where's Primo from? Houston? Somewhere in Texas. Yeah, he's from Texas. Yeah, he's from Texas. That's all we'll say. Um, I know he's from, really, he went to Prairie View. That's, that's what I remember. Yeah, exactly. Quimby9 asks, any funny Lord Sears stories? You got to have <laughs> Every Lord series of every Lord series story is a funny story. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, one time we went to a a diner, right? And Sarah was super, super drunk. Yeah. And uh, he walked in, or we walked in, and from the moment the the hostess greeted us, he made fun of her, everybody in the that was eating. Yeah. And the people in the in the kitchen, I didn't eat anything that day. Yeah, I, I was, was like, like I'm not. <laughs> and he, because he's like drunk and loud. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, nah, I'm good. I was like, yeah. like, I remember the waitress said, you don't even want fries? I was like, nah. I, I, I wouldn't even drink water. I was like, I don't trust y'all now. I was like, because he was, he was just doing too much. He was that much of, uh, yeah, you don't want to walk in. You know, you don't shit where you eat, and you don't, uh, you don't talk shit about the people who are making you food that you're going to eat. So, right. Yeah, that was probably a good call. You might have to get. You might be the little Johnny Rush to the hospital if you. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. Uh, Instapat asks, "Have you heard Inside the People or Inside the People the sequel?" No. No. We don't know. We don't know what that is. Um, uh, we're, yeah. We're moving on. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mr. Len. Uh, who did Mr. C follow around Joe's pub back in the day? Asked Nikki from Brooklyn. I feel like this is an inside joke, maybe, but uh, or I don't. I, you, you gotta, you gotta let, let me know what this means. So, I, you know, I used to DJ at Joe's pub in in, in Manhattan, and uh, I have my cousin come out. And, you know, she's she's a Brooklyn girl. You know what I'm saying? Like to the core. Like she she don't even live there no more, and you would think that she still lives there. And. She's uh, great. 
Yeah, so like Mr. C just became enamored with her. Mm. And like he he like <laughs> like you know, she would walk, you know, and like he would be like at least four steps behind her. <laughs> and I'm I'm never forget this. Cause this this was the coldest shit I ever heard somebody say to someone when I asking them out. He said to her, uh, hey, you know, what do you say we go out and get something to eat? She looked him up and down and said, don't you think you've done enough of that? I was like, yo, I'm done. I was like, I'm done. Don't, I was like, you can't come back. <laughs> you can't come Let back. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> uh, shout out to Mr. C. He's, he's been a guest on our show as well. And, you know, he's. Yo, like, Mr. C's an OG, man. Like, there's, there's no biggie. We did a, we did an all biggie show on Biggie's birthday with him. It was all Biggie trivia. Uh, it, was, it was pretty dope to do that with him. Um, and yeah, yeah. He's, he's been a great supporter. Well, uh, listen, Mr. Len, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you know, really appreciate you. I know we're working on doing a head-to-head -head format on Twitch where, like, you, you okay. maybe we can have you go up against Headcrack now since you guys are, like, <laughs> the reigning chance. So we'd love maybe. to have you back. Uh, anything that you want to shout out or, or anything that people can look for you uh, in the coming, who knows how long this quarantine is going to last? So, yeah. uh, well, I definitely won't be on tour anytime soon. Right. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I, I pop up every now and then, like do mixes for, you know, different shows or whatever. But yeah. just follow me on, the, on Instagram. I, I post like stupid shit usually in the morning. Who doesn't yeah. like stupid shit? Come on, the, he, hey, look. it sells itself. <laughs> I'm, I'm what they call a meme god. Oh, right. <laughs> I should have. I, if I had known that, I would have changed my whole intro for you. I, I feel like uh, <laughs> I fucked up. There. Um, so, for all ladies and gentlemen, the meme god is here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, anyway, yeah, you can use that one if you want. Um, Thank you again so much. We uh, we hey, thank you, you. Thank uh, you and uh, yeah, we'll have you back real soon. Thank you. Right. And shout out Joy for setting this up too. Thank you, Joy. Yeah, big shout out to Joy. Yeah, Joy, a friend of the show, and uh, yeah, she's she's great. So shout out to Joy. Mm -hmm. Shout out, and if you don't have Joy in your life, just have some Joy in your life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Look, everyone deserves some Joy. She brings the joy. Um, thank you again so much. Be safe. We'll talk soon. Peace. All right, y'all. Peace. Shout out to Mr. Len, our second ever Perfect Score. It's a pretty exclusive club. Done a lot of these episodes, and only a select few have ever gotten that perfect score. But outside of that, even if he had totally tanked this and not done well at all, Len was great. Len is great. So many cool stories. Just a great guy. I really appreciate him taking the time to appear on the show back in 2020. Also, once again, big shout to Joy for helping facilitate the connection. Always appreciate when homies of ours reach out and get some of their friends to appear on the show. Thanks again to everybody who's been listening, supporting. If you haven't done so already, leave a review. Go to your Apple Podcasts app. You've got a couple moments right now before you have to hop into whatever your next thing is. Go and subscribe if you haven't done so. Leave a review and give it five stars. Doing so really helps the podcast get noticed. It helps it get exposed to more people. And that's ultimately what I want here. I want more people to hear this. I want more people to enjoy 
hip-hop trivia, and great dope conversations with practitioners and super fans of the music that I love and that so many people love. So please do that. If you want to even go a further step, join the Questions Patreon, patreon.com slash thequestionshiphop. There's a link to that Patreon in the show notes. And thank you again for your support. It's been a really strong run that we've been having on the show, and there's a lot of cool things on the horizon that I can't talk about yet, but rest assured, cool things are on the way. The Questions is a proud member of the Stony Island Audio Network. The show is hosted, written, edited, and just loved by me, Sean Kantrowitz. Additional writing on this episode by Steve Wonder. The show's theme is by Midas the Beast and Czarism. We will be back next week for something that you don't know what it's going to be, but you're going to enjoy it. That is my sign-off and promise to anybody who listens this far. You're already in. You're into this. Let's keep going. We've got a good thing going. So we'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>